When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, mother lovers. Welcome back to another episode of Last Call at McLaren's, the How I Met Your Mother podcast. I am Josh here with my best bud, John. How you doing, man? What's up? What's up? What's up? Excited to talk some How I Met Your Mother. Dude, I am always psyched to be in the zone and in McLaren's. Well, I'm not actually in McLaren's. I'm in my living room, but I can I mean, still serve up some fun straight from here. That's right, man. You could uh, You could make your own specialty drinks. You could be your own Carl. Dude, I'm going to make myself a Minnesota Mai Tai. There you go. But the real question is, are you a vampire? I mean, I think (laughs) I'm I'm more eligible to be a vampire than Carl. My job definitely requires me to be out at night. I very rarely ever see the sunlight. And when I do, I fucking burn. (laughs) That's very, very true. All um, right, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as you guys can see, uh, we are going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 17, Life Among the Gorillas. That's right. Yeah. This episode uh, originally aired on March 20th of 2006, directed, of course, by Pamela Fryman, and written by the, cr- the co-creators Craig Thomas and Carter Bays. Uh, the summary for this that one reads, means. yeah, <laughs> the summary for this one reads, Marshall changes his personality to fit in at his new job, and Ted struggles with his long-distance relationship with Victoria. So, so random, random question for you. Yeah. Why does the name Craig Thomas sound familiar, Josh? <laughs> well, other than the fact that, you know, he's one of the, you know, one of the co-creators, uh, he, uh, Recently retweeted some of our stuff. He retweeted Last Call at McLaren's. That's right. So uh, it's pretty awesome. If you're watching this, Craig, we want you on the show. We want both you and Carter on the show. It'd be awesome. We want everybody on the show. That's true. That's true. Let's get us. Let's get them all. We'll just have all, an entire reunion episode. Boom. Craig, you call Allison and Jason. I'll call Neil. I don't got his phone number, but I will get it. <laughs> You'll find a way. I'll call Foley, Josh. You can call Josh Radner. There'll be a meeting of the Joshes. It's true. It's true. Our names are very similar. And you then take the y, you take the Y out of mine, swap it for a D, and you got him. 
That's Boom. true. You do. I never actually thought about that. Yeah. Shazam. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, this is a, it's an interesting episode. I'm excited to talk about it. I, I have to say, without trying to like ruin shit that happens later on mm-hmm. in the series, I got this episode confused with the later on episode. Okay. I thought this was the episode where Marshall's having the hard time struggling with who he's becoming. And, you know, like, they go to the museum at one oh, point, yeah, and, yeah. like, there's all the displays of, like, past Marshalls. I thought this was partially that episode. Oh, and gotcha. then I realized that it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's always fun when you're when you're uh, you're surprised by what the episode is. Although, it is kind of funny, because this is the episode <laughs> that introduces Blauman. And yes. I forgot that he was in season one. Yeah, so did I. I forgot that's that he he's been around the entire show. Yeah, because he, he you know he's in the last season as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's where I remember him because they're all like you know Gary Blauman, and it's like it's it's the coin toss of like if they're gonna and then I think it's uh, Barney's brother who's like I hate yeah how much I love Gary Blauman. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, Blauman became like a just like a kind of interesting side character in this show. Yeah, popping in and out once in a while. I was gonna say he only shows up a few, like a handful of times, but like when he does, it's very true, very true. All right, so let's get this show on the road. Future Ted starts off the episode as always, uh, but this time he's telling us a story about Marshall. Uh, and when Marshall was a kid, you know, he used to read a book called Life Among the Gorillas uh, by an anthropologist named Dr. Aurelia Bernholtz Vasquez, or as uh, Lily later on calls her, Dr. Uh, Australia Birdbath Vaseline, I think is what she calls her, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> this this is obviously inspired by uh, Jane Goodall, who, you know, was famous for living with chimpanzees for yeah. years and learning their ways and, and studying them as well as Diane Fossey, who wrote the book, uh, gorillas in the mist uh, oh. she's and stuff. So it's, it's obviously, you know, it was inspired. This whole uh, little side piece was, was inspired by, by all of that. I thought she striked a similar resemblance to Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I could see that the, the woman who played her. Yeah, I could, yeah. I could, I could definitely see that. Uh, so as a kid, this uh, this doctor, this anthropologist, visited Marshall's school, and he wanted to be an anthropologist uh, at the time, just like her. And when he asked her, uh, you know, what a budding anthropologist can do to help save the gorillas, her response completely changes his life. She says that there is nothing that he can do because everyone will be dead by then. Everyone will be dead. And this uh, this kind of kickstarts his desire to go into environmental law to try to help save the you know the planet and everything so uh it's it's, it's a big turning point for him as a character it's it's crazy though because i mean for one he's the youngest kid in this like classroom of all these people which i think is really cool that like he somehow got into this like anthropology lecture that like he was able to meet her i i think that honestly because i think what it is i think because they talk about i don't know if they've mentioned it yet but he didn't. He didn't sprout until later on in life, like till he was a little true. older. So he might be their age, just short. He just might have been That's like the true. Right. 
I mean, I'm pretty sure though, because I mean, he does say when I was a kid. Yeah, it was like However, I said, when he was he he was the he's the runt of his family. I mean, I get that. I'm Which just I saying think it's like, hilarious because he's like most likely he's, he's like supposed six, to be three. like ten or eleven in there, like maybe yeah. twelve. Yeah. Where where I was really going with this was though is that you know they show that scene where with him at the very beginning, and then you never see her again it's because true. she was wrong. Because she probably fucking killed herself. That is probably true. <laughs> I mean, even or, she's referencing later on we, episodes. We could get a little darker here. And they could have, uh, storyline-wise possibly even, followed the same trajectory as Diane Fossey, who was uh, murdered in Rwanda. Uh, you know, as she's doing all these... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I discovered that as I was reading up <laughs> on oh, uh, some research, <laughs> so wow. I guess I guess uh, theoretically they could just have followed that that storyline. You never know. Damn. You never know. Um, maybe you know secretly how I met your mother. Getting real dark over here. Getting real. Maybe. Dark. <laughs> so uh, back at the apartment, Marshall is talking to Ted about his this new internship that he got uh, at the place that Barney works. We, we you know uh, saw him get the offer in the previous episode we didn't know that it was going to be an internship though um because because when i mean i guess it makes sense because he's still in school but the whole thing like the nrdc was an internship and they made a big deal about that but obviously it's unpaid but they they made a big deal to mention the fact that the nrdc thing was an internship but the the one with barney it was never mentioned until now that it was actually an internship luckily for marshall it's a paid internship. Um, and Lily comes out of the kitchen during all of this time. Uh, she's got a packed lunch for Marshall. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's going off to his first day uh, of work and he's real excited and she's excited. Uh, I love Marshall, that you called it a packed lunch because that is not what she calls it, sir. What she call it? She sack calls lunch? it a sack lunch. Sack, a and sack then she lunch. giggles because she said sack. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I think I have sack lunch written down in my, yeah, I have sack lunch written down in my notes, but I said pack lunch. I don't know. It's okay. You know, I'm used to packing a lunch for my kid. Now, I giggled so. at the fact that she giggled at the, the sack lunch. It's true. <laughs> it is, it is, it is funny. Uh, but uh, Marshall opens the door to leave and there's a package there for, uh, and I, f- I find it kind of funny because this episode deals with packages. Yes. In a small way, uh, in, in multiple ways. You yes. know, we get, we get this care package from Victoria for Ted, and that becomes a big running thing throughout. And then later on in the episode, uh, there's this whole thing about uh, oh, I love Marshall. The bar, the bar yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But another, another type of package, um, uh, is brought up and it may not it's not the type of package you, you people are thinking of <laughs> <laughs> uh so like i said uh, ted gets a, a a care package from victoria and apparently this she's only been gone for less than a month he says and she's already sent him three care packages yeah and i'm like i'm like no offense victoria but geez that's a lot like well, i feel like is- I feel like she's overcompensating by sending so much 
And Ted, who has sent nothing, none is, is like self sabotaging. You know what I mean? Kind of, yeah. You know, so I think they're both almost like working against each other in this in this whole scenario. Yeah. Scenario. Scenario. Um, the thing I think is funny about it is, is I love how Ted gets the package, and he's instantly like, "Oh, another one." And Marshall's yeah. like, "Yeah, how many does this make?" And he's like, three. Yeah. And, you know, Marshall's like, well, how many have you sent? And he's like, none. I'm horrible. Watch, yeah. it's going to be cupcakes. And he's like, it's cupcakes. Like, first off, be fucking happy that she was nice enough to send you fucking cupcakes. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, this is the third care package. But obviously she fucking loved you. Because yeah. she's baking them, decorating them, and fucking sending them to you. It's true. I think that, um, I think that she is worried about the relationship failing so she's overdoing it oh absolutely you know what i mean but then ted's just being ted and and not <laughs> fucking doing what he's supposed to be doing and he sits here and he he's like oh i'm such a terrible person blah 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 and i'm sitting here like yeah you fucking are dude like fuck you yeah like, send her a send her a goddamn package something I mean, even let, if you don't even send her a package mail her a fucking letter i don't care exactly. a postcard in the mail something like like it's it's ridiculous that he had like after that first package he didn't send anything then the second one comes around he still sends nothing it's like dude what are you doing like you i, are, I said the same thing yeah. too when i was watching i was like you know you could have at least sent her a letter you know been like hey was thinking about you yeah i mean but nope sent nothing he could have but he did not because you know he's ted and he's a he's a wang sometimes, you know. He's he's a package, so to speak. He's a small package. <laughs> and I ain't talking about a wrestling maneuver. That's true. Uh, so we flash over to uh, Marshall's new job, and Future Ted is telling us about the company. And this is where we finally learn the name of the company where Barney works. It's called Altrucell. Uh, and apparently they are best known for making the fuzzy parts of tennis balls. But as you see in the, like the flashing images, they also apparently are involved in things like oil production, weapons production, things like that. Oh yeah. Which I, which I found uh, rather interesting, which they try makes to focus on the positive. Yeah. But it's funny because last episode we were talking like that. We didn't think that we even knew what the company was I, like we were like i don't think they ever even say it and literally the next episode boom. i think because it's just such quick reference it is and, and it's probably the only time they ever say it i i because i don't probably. ever like we've watched the show a ton of times but I, I don't also, think i've ever caught it i also think that we might not equate to knowing it because i think if i'm not mistaken because i didn't actually look this up but barney's in the same office with the same decorations in the same building like the same office setup, so I'm ninety five percent sure GMB buys out whoever. Yeah, yeah, GMB just buys it all out. I don't, and I don't remember when that happens, but I want to uh, say that's season four. But it's like he's at this company, and like they talk about his work sometimes. I mean, they don't get into detail, yeah. or anything, but they like they they talk about you know him working, and I could not if if it was like a trivia question. And you're like, okay, a million dollars on the line. I would have never been able to answer that question. I had no idea what this company was called. Fair enough. I mean, I was the I same way though. It. Yeah, and I because like I as I was rewatching it, you know, I'm paying 
close attention because I'm taking notes and stuff. And I caught the name. I was like, oh shit, they actually <laughs> tell you the name here. So I had I had to had to mention that. Uh, so as you know, as you were saying, we we head into Barney's office, and uh, he gets a phone call from the the front desk security telling him that there's a there's a Sasquatch loose in the building, and then Marshall just comes trotting by like a Sasquatch, which I thought was hilarious, uh, and surprised him. It's 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 I, I wonder if I have to believe that Marshall like kind of put the security uh, you know, like the, that was marshall just disguising his voice on the phone i mean most likely but like in the wiki it, it specifically says it's the does it because then the wiki's wrong because that's clearly yeah. um his voice like but my question to that is then how is he calling in office phone call but like within two seconds he's walking by the office window you don't think there's not another office like close by now, I don't know, man. In order for him to be walking by the window within that one to two second what time frame. What from his cell phone? Uh, again, he, he's not holding one. It, it takes time to put it in your pocket. pocket. It takes more than two seconds to do that. and Because uh. his hands are nowhere near his pockets when he's walking by. Like I'm saying, like it's inside of the, inside of the show time frame wise it doesn't really add up obviously like they that's what they did filming wise they just used him to do that but it doesn't line up like if there had been a bit more if it was like five seconds i could buy that (laughs) you know what i mean if there was like the hang up and five seconds went by but in tv time tv land you know five seconds is a lot of time true so you know it, it it makes it makes sense that they wouldn't wait that long. But yeah, he comes trotting by to surprise Barney. Barney's super excited that uh, Marshall's there working with him. Shows off his collection of motivational posters, including including one for awesomeness that he uh, apparently had custom made, which I thought was pretty cool. I wouldn't doubt that he had a couple of those custom made. Oh, yeah. I mean, he shows one later on. That's like, a, I don't even remember what it was. It was kind of like a weird one that obviously he had custom made. Um, but it does. It's it's so Barney to have stuff like that custom made for his. That, yeah, I mean, I would do the same thing though. Yeah, okay, you, you're talking about the one with the penguins on it, right? Yeah, conformity. Yeah, oh yeah, is that what it was? Yeah, I can't remember yeah. what it said, but I'm like, I'm like, I would totally have that poster in my house. <laughs> I would have it just because it was on the show. So, you know, plain and simple. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Marshall asks him. A question that is asked of Barney many times throughout the show. What does he do here? And we get the patented Barney response of just, please. please. Which is something that later on we do find out is actually an acronym for what his job does. But I'm yeah. not, not going to get into that here. I'm, I'm 95% sure this is also the first time he's ever done the please. I think, no, I think he does it one other time earlier in the show. Does he? I remember I remember thinking about it. Um but it wasn't like it wasn't a big deal. It's just like somebody was like, "What do you even do?" And he's like, "Please." And then oh yeah, like, no, you're on. right. Yeah, yeah. And they just moved on. Um, but it just becomes a running gag throughout the whole show, which I love that they do pay it off at the end. Like they you know, do. It, it, it makes complete sense as to why he's saying that. But it's also interesting that it's you know obviously that means he's been doing the same job throughout 
both companies. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like when when Altrucell sells to GNB, they're like, yo, this is the guy who's <laughs> gonna keep you. You know what I mean? This is the guy you want to keep right here. Right. <laughs> So I, I I find that I find that interesting, um, and then uh, Bilson and Blauman enter the office. Uh, Marshall's going to be working with them in the legal department. Uh, cool little side trivia: Gary Blauman, played by Taryn Killam, who uh, is married right now to Kobe Smolders. Yep. Apparently, they they were dating at this point in in the show. Yeah, they had met uh, in two thousand and five at a at a party. Uh, of a mutual friend. I, I was doing some research and uh, yeah. So at this point they're already dating and they're still like, you know, 15 years later, they're still together. They're married. They, uh, they have two kids and everything. So yeah, it's uh, you don't see a lot of that in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's nice to see, you know, some celebrity couples sticking together. Well, and, uh, you know, he's the first, he's, he's, he's the first, of the uh, actors' spouses that shows up on the show of, of yeah. multiple yeah. come into the show. I was gonna say it's funny too because Billson comes back a couple times throughout the show. Yeah, and I remember at one point like it's like oh you know Billson's back, but he doesn't remember who I am, and that's horrible. Yeah, I'm like I'm like I don't remember him early in the show, and then like I see him in this episode, I'm like wow he was in fucking season one too like. Yeah, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Because Bilson comes back a few times. I mean, he isn't it Bilson who fires Ted from the yeah because he he has transitioning room. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think he I think he he pops up at just a few other random times as well because he sticks around. I think as part of G and B. I'm know? pretty sure he does. He's one of the ones that that continues over uh, as well. Uh, this episode, we get the term steak sauce, <laughs> which is a term that me and you use a lot. I was gonna say, we use that. Well, back then we used it a lot more. That's, but That's true. That's true. Steak it is definitely sauce. Steak sauce. Yo, this show is steak sauce, bro. I just love how he's like, Marshall, your tie, steak sauce. And he's just like, where? Like, <laughs> Yes, I love that. <laughs> like, did you have fucking steak before you went to work? Maybe or he were did. You wearing that tie the last time you had steak, like no, knowing Marshall, he probably did. <laughs> Just like damn, man. Uh, so uh, then uh, you know we kind of get a sense of the personalities of Bilson and Blauman here. Um, they're kind of like that that broy douche kind of kind of guys. They uh, they go through um, the they start doing the, they proposing scenarios. Uh, throughout the episode, in this one, they yeah. do, uh, uh, which is kind of like yeah. it, it's really misogynistically done. Oh yeah, um, it's something. I mean, I'll be honest. Me and you used to do that back in the day because we thought it was funny too. We did. You know? We did. A lot of things were funnier back in the day. You know, I don't. I remember having a, a armless Scarlett Johansson knocking. At that's your true. Like some of the ones they do, because like the first one they do is simple. It's just, you know, knock on your front door, it's Jessica Elba. Knock on your back door, Jessica Simpson. Two Jessicas, who do you choose? Yeah. Girl? You know, um, I would obviously choose Jessica Elba because I... My, my first question she's is, been a, Jessica uh, Simpson is standing in front of me? 
Well, I don't know, man. If it's the uh, the one from Dukes of Hazard, I'm just saying. If it's the one from Dukes of Hazard, pick me up off the floor and call time one one. <laughs> <laughs> I am <I'm> done. <laughs> yeah, I could I could see that, but the, yeah, the, they it progressively gets weirder and <laughs> and to yeah. to the point where it's uh yeah, like you said, eventually there's a Scarlett Johansson with no arms, and I don't remember who the other person was. Um, uh, I don't remember either. In, in a in a wheelchair, whoever it was in a wheelchair, and I'm just like, well, there's oh, the one okay. that we don't even get the context to, but like Marshall's answer is B B Arthur. Oh yeah, like, I think it, I think it's just because in the in the wiki they just say um, all the Golden Girls. I mean, but we don't actually know the context is the like. Yeah, I know. I think it's just like it, you have all the golden girls. Who are you gonna bang? Maybe. I really, I think that's probably what the what the. Because I love, is. I love Marshall. He's like you know, B. <laughs> Arthur. He's like, oh, Erickson. Yeah. <laughs> what we were looking for was um, Betty White. <laughs> Betty White. I'm yeah. like, what the. F- I think they they want to bang Betty White. I really think that's all it is. I mean, Betty White was a good-looking woman. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, and, and dude, she is kicking still. She is still kicking. She is still freaking kicking. And she's older than sliced bread. Dude, she's got to be creeping up on 100 by now. You know what I mean? Shut I know up. she's in her I know she's in her 90s. I just I, I mean like literally though, she's older than sliced bread. Fair There's enough. an article about this online that, but the year she was born is before the year they started slicing bread to put it into packaging. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, I mean that's that's a legit fact. That's Just awesome. like you and I can say we're older than Google. That's true. That's true. Small uh, things, but they're true facts. Also, if you true. don't believe me, people, Google it because I'm older than that shit. It's like a it's like a Snapple cap. Here's your real fact for today. <laughs> I love real facts, though. Those things are always entertaining. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're older than Ask Jeeves. Oh, God. Kids, <laughs> Ask Jeeves was a uh, search engine back in the day. <laughs> to the likes of, uh, of a Google. But you had to actually ask it a question. You did. Like Which You I would have to be like, is Last Call at McLaren's a good podcast? Yeah. And the answer would be yes. I'd say so. And a fan seemed to say so. So thank you. All yes. right. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so we head over to the bar. Ted and Robin are there. Ted is chowing down on some cupcakes that uh-huh. you know, he got sent. And Robin asks him how many he's eating. He's like, four. Fourteen. He's like, no, no, just four. Plus the icing off these two. Yeah. Like, Jesus, Ted. First off, what kind of sociopath is over here just eating the freaking frosting off these cupcakes and just leaving the bear cupcake? Like, Wait, eat the let, goddamn cupcake, man. Let me take that a step further. What sociopath is eating all of those cupcakes and doesn't have a glass of fucking milk? Okay, I'm glad you say that. I I, I didn't... I, I have to... Because after I read it, I didn't have time to go back and rewatch it a third time. Um, but in the wiki, there it says that there is an error. It says, uh, when they first show Ted, you can see a glass of milk on the table, but then it pans away and goes back and the milk is gone. Like the glass huh. is gone. So apparently at, at some point there was milk, like the, the, you know, the, the director or whatever decided to have milk, Pamela Fryman decided to have milk on the table. But then it disappeared, you know, it was moved. I mean, that might not have been Fryman's thing. It might have just been uh, 
Ted was like, if I'm eating all these cupcakes, or like Josh Radner's like, if I'm eating all these cupcakes, I need some fucking milk. <laughs> would have been even better if like, there was one of the old school like milk bottles on the table. That would be funny. So yeah, t- at, at some point, there was some milk, John. So right, Okay, so he's not as much of a sociopath as we thought. <laughs> maybe maybe it was Robin's milk, and <laughs> she she took it and drank it all, and that's why the glasses moved. And maybe. It's not there anymore. You know, maybe. She, she just she sits down and she's just like fuck you Ted I'm drinking your milk. Spats <laughs> it off the table like a fucking pissed off cat, right? <laughs> uh, and speaking of Robin, uh, Ted is is just kind of uh, you know unloading his problems onto Robin. You know uh, he tells her uh, that he tells Robin that while leaving Victoria a voicemail, uh, he lied and said that he sent her a uh, a care package which he had not. Uh, and now he's kind of freaked out about what to do. And of course, Robin is there to rescue him, you know. Yeah, but not only did he send the care package, he had sent it out two days prior. Yeah, he, well, he said, yeah, he says he more did. In a fucking, like, like, oh, box. yeah, I sent it out a couple of days ago. Oh, it's like, like Dad, what come a on. fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, dude? Uh, Hanging himself? Yeah, I, like I said at the beginning, he is 100% self sabotaging. Oh yeah, this, I mean, relationship. at this point, I'm gonna say he's lucky he has the friends he does because he, yeah. I mean, she wouldn't have gotten the care package and he would have had to have fucking started with a lie, being like, "Oh, the post office must have lost it or something." Yeah, no, absolutely. Instead, Robin comes up with a fucking even better plan and bails him out. Yeah, yeah, you know, just got to get a newspaper from three days ago and put that bitch right on top. Not a hard thing to do, though. No, not. I mean. It, it, I don't know how it is back then and in New York City, but like where we live, lived because I don't live there anymore. Uh, you could literally just yeah go to the to the to the newspaper uh, office and get old copies of the Bro, newspaper. He lives in an apartment building. Knock on a few doors, ask if somebody's that's, got the paper from. A few that's days ago. probably true, and maybe they get the newspaper. I don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe. They might. They very well might might get it themselves. It could, it could have been something yeah. like, and yeah, they they might. They never actually really addressed that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you see them once in a great while reading a newspaper. Oh yeah, um, but it's never a thing where it's like, yeah, we, we get the newspaper. They never really, they never really talk about that. No. Uh, so back at the apartment, Marshall comes home. He's all upset, you know, saying that the you know the guys that he works with are jerks, and then we flash back to Marshall having lunch at the office and the guys are there and they're just fucking with him, making fun of him uh, for his, his sack lunch and uh, about a note that Lily uh, leaves him in there. Um, and, and Lily, she tries to console him, you know, she tries to tell him, you know, to, to not listen to them and all this other shit. And, you know, if it's, if he's not happy, you know, he's got other options and we flash to the bar and Marshall tells Barney that he quits. Yeah. Barney, uh, he, he doesn't like this. You know, he, well, of course not. he's like, nah, man. He, he convinces him, tries to convince him to stay, which, you know, eventually does work. Um, and, and he uses Lily to guilt Marshall into staying, saying Lily's going to want the package. And John, what is the package? The whole deal. Kids, house, yeah, man, everything. That's the package, you know. So you know, Ted's got a package. Marshall's got a package. 
This is all about the package. All about the package. Part of me wishes the episode was titled The Package. <laughs> I think it would have been kind of awesome. The Gorilla Package. <laughs> the pa- package of gorillas. No. No. Uh, so back at the office, uh, you know, Marshall decides he's going to play the game. You know, he's going to he's going to do what it takes to to become a gorilla, a at gorilla. least while, while he is there. One, one of the things that really pisses me off about the way the guys treat him, though, is like, for one, they make fun of him about like the sandwich. Like, oh, does she cut the crusts off it, too? Yeah. First off. She went through the process of being really nice and making him a fucking lunch. Yeah. Second off, you have no business stealing the fucking note out of his hands. And then third off, they almost let his fucking kiss go. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. fucking idiots. Like, I'm saying, I understand they're single douchebaggy type guys, and, like, they're definitely, like, the Barney guy. Yeah. But, like, you really got to shit on the dude who's actually happy with his home life? Yeah, because they're not happy, you know? It's 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 plain and simple. It's stupid. It is also stupid. Yes, you are correct. <clears throat> All right. So uh, at the bar, Ted and Robin talking about Ted's love life. Uh, Ted mentions that uh, you know with a long distance relationship, uh, spending so much time on the phone, you eventually run out of things to say. And you know, as someone who's in a long distance relationship, it's true. You do kind of uh, you know if you're always talking to each other you do kind of run out of things to say it's just like hey how was your day today you know and as ted ted's like you know what did, what did you eat today and yeah. then he fucking falls asleep on the phone uh i don't i'm sure i have fallen asleep while talking to somebody before but that's very rare um i don't know about you have you ever fallen asleep talking oh, to yeah. somebody on the phone yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i didn't know it until they like i like did the whole startle thing and my phone was off. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I accidentally... And I called back and she was like, oh, you fell asleep. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, and and uh, he's also saying, uh, you know, how much of a bitch long distance is. Um, and he says that he knows what he has to do. And, yep, now, and here we get Caddy Robin. Yeah, Robin obviously thinks and hopes... That uh, he's gonna, you know, say that they need to break up. That's what she's hoping for. You know, you see that kind of glint in her eye where she's almost like happy about what he's about to say. And instead, Ted's like, uh, "I have to go to Germany and surprise her," and everything just kind of deflates out of her. She's like, "Yeah, that's a great idea," or what something like that. I remember something exactly. like that. But yeah, she it just. that's not what she was expecting, not what she was hoping for. Um, But, you know, she's, uh, she, she, she waited too long. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, we see later on and in the next episode, which we, you know, I'm not going to dive into obviously, because we're not talking about that yet, but she really oversteps herself in, in this whole situation. You know, it, it gets, it gets really bad. Anyways, uh, back at Barney's office, Marshall is venting to Barney uh, about how he's not happy working with these guys. And Barney suggests changing his personality. Uh, Lily does not like this idea. Uh, Marshall, you know, kind of likens it to the whole anthropologist thing, you know, with the lady from the book. And that uh, he must live among the gorillas. 
And in order to do that, he needs lessons from Barney. And uh, Barney shows him how to, you know, high five. He shows him how to slip some money to to, to a guy, which you get to see later on. Well, the and, thing that makes uh, me laugh how to is talk. you're like, you got to slip money to the guy. The, the guy can get you things. Mm-hmm. He's like, what things? And he's like, there's, or no, he says, what guy? Yeah. And Barney's like, there's always a guy. There's always a guy. Yeah, which I think. And I love that it that it comes into play. It did, later, and I thought that was really. I love that they even show him like folding the money. Yeah, yeah, because I think they really want the audience to understand what exactly is happening in that scene. Yeah, I, I think that's really all it is. I mean, for those of the for those of you who've never had to slip somebody money, there is a way to be like, I need this taken care of, and there's one of two ways you do it: either uh, take this band aid as a, you either go like, a, hey. I need this taken care of, and you tuck it in a pocket, yeah. or you fold it ever so gently, and you just shake someone's hand, and you slide it into their hand while you're shaking hands, and now they're in control of that money. Yeah, You don't just walk up to somebody and go, yo, I need some wet works done. Can you do it? Right? <laughs> yeah, it's all about how discreet you want to be. If you want to show your power, if you want to, you know, you flash that money around, you know, because that, that's showing, like, I am the one in control here. You'll do it no matter what I say. Whereas slipping the money is, you know, you're you're trusting that this person ain't gonna just run off with the money you just slid, slid them because no one else is gonna know about it. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you're gonna say something else there for a second. <laughs> no. Uh, so uh, Marshall uses what he learned at the office, telling the the guys uh, a story that uh, earns him their respect. But at what cost, John? What cost? Well, he looks in a mirror and sees a face. That's true. But it's not a face of Marshall Erickson, the no. face everybody knows. Nope, it is a gorilla. <laughs> that is true. That's true. This story, uh, this whole little this little scene um is essentially lifted from uh reservoir dogs. Uh it, it's very similar the, the whole setup to it, uh to the way Tim Roth rehearses a story that he's telling to uh, one of the other guys in Reservoir Dogs because he has this, practicing essentially a lie that he's telling. I, um, I fucking love that you're going to reference Reservoir Dogs. Been hey, years man. since I've seen that movie. I, I I literally watched all of the all of Quentin Tarantino's movies last year. Yep. I did a I did a rewatch on all of them. So yeah, it's it's fairly fresh. It's fairly fresh. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the next morning at the apartment, Ted is about to buy a plane ticket. To Germany when he gets an email from Victoria saying that they need to talk. Now, kids, this is 2006. This is before smartphones. Like the first iPhone didn't come out until 2007. I was gonna say they're using using Motorola razors, dude. Yeah, like I I I don't even know if Blackberries were a thing. They probably were. No, no they Blackberries weren't, weren't a thing. Razor was the top line phone at that time. And so I doubt that he had phone access to email. And so he had to print out his email. Yeah, uh, that was kind of funny. Which I thought was hilarious to see. Because well, like, I haven't printed out an email. I'm Googling really quick to find out what year Blackberries came out. Okay. Uh, I haven't printed out an email in years. And, <laughs> and also, kids, a printer... 
you know, is a thing that uh, hooks up to yeah. your computer and it uses paper and ink <laughs> to put words and pictures on it uh, from things from your computer onto paper so you can hold them in your hands. Uh, I know a lot of young people these days do not have printers and it boggles my mind. It's like just the other day, uh, <laughs> somebody that you and I both know, uh, someone you're related to, I was like, does anybody have? Actually, I think it was yesterday. I was like, does anybody have a printer? I could use to print my resume. And I'm like, get a fucking printer. They're like thirty bucks. Just get a printer. So it says the first BlackBerry came out in 1999. Okay, that's not. That can't even be right. Yeah, no, I think it is. Um, I, I, I think it is. It's just they were high end because they. I'm pretty sure they were before iPhone. So like, we were, that, that was I was thing. a freshman in high school. Like, the fucking Nokia hadn't even come out at that point yet. I mean, like I said, that they were expensive. And they were in the, you know what I mean? They, wondering like, if, like, cell phones were, have been. Blackberry wasn't, like, the one that, like, I'm thinking then. Maybe not. Because when I think Blackberries, I think the one that has, like, that full keyboard and the little. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, like I was saying, uh, they were mostly for, like, you know, uh, business people, you know, like they were, yeah. they were not cheap, you know, uh, the normal person wasn't just getting a Blackberry, you know, the way people just have iPhones nowadays, you know, that was, it was more like iPhones back in the day when they were, I mean, granted iPhones are still fucking expensive right now, but they're still more commonplace now than they were back, you know, in the early, in the late two thousands and whatnot. Oh, okay. So, Sorry, so the BlackBerry <laughs> that I'm thinking of, because I, I went down the web- website further, 07. So it's about two oh. years from the book. But the very first one is more yeah. like, um, I'm going to compare it to like a Commodore, like a, a pager. I don't know if you can oh. see this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's what oh, the yeah. very first BlackBerry was. Okay, interesting. So yeah, yeah but the, the BlackBerries that we're thinking of didn't come out till 07. So still okay. two years away. Well, one year away. Still one away. year away. But still, yeah. So he didn't even have access to anything that could do nope. that. So yeah, he's over here printing out emails and, <laughs> and he did. And he prints it out. I'm just like, wow. He just hands the printed thing to to, to Robin, which I thought was uh, hilarious. Instead of just like he could just tell her about it, but you know, I guess he felt like she needed to read it to to fully understand. Nothing like having to print shit out back in the day. It's, yeah, it's true. Remember uh, when you used to have to print off directions? To I, was go say, to I was gonna say directions uh, to all kinds of places. Uh, and God forbid if your uh, your co-pilot wasn't paying attention to something, because then you're like, <laughs> "Can you give me these directions?" Yeah, it says here to hang a left. Don't go over the tracks. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so true. Uh, so back at the apartment, Lily is uh, painting. While Marshall is on the phone with Blauman, uh, and he's ha- he's acting like a total douche bro, Dude, you know, like a total douche, total douche bro, calls him a butt puppet. Which I, I'll be honest, when he says that, it makes me laugh every time. I laughed. I was like, butt "Well, there's puppet. a new name for Josh." <laughs> oh puppet. man, butt puppet. Is this the? I think it's. I think it's. It's, it's more the way he says it. Than the words themselves that make me laugh because he's the way Marshall says it is funnier than the, than the actual phrase, you know. I don't know. 
because you know it's Jason Siegel. He, he's a funny fucking guy. I mean, he's good at turning a phrase, man. Yeah, he uh, he he's becoming so douche bro that he even calls uh, Lily's painting steak sauce, which she's like, no, you don't don't be bringing that shit into this house. Yeah, because he tries doing the whole well, it's anthropology, and she's like, well, yeah. leave that anthropology bullshit at work. Yeah, you leave that shit at the office. You don't bring. And he's like, he's kind of trying to like justify it to her and himself, you know, and he's acting like a dick to her. Oh, yeah. You know, no, like, he really is. He's acting like a real dick in this episode. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, I said, he's trying to justify, it. you know, he's saying, you know, oh, they're good guys. You just got to get to know them and invites her out to karaoke with karaoke. Them. Yeah. It means empty orchestra, John. Did you know That's, that? That is so beautiful. And I do remember that episode. It was only like six episodes or ten yeah, episodes it, ago. It was not that long ago. <laughs> That's hauntingly beautiful. <laughs> uh, so uh, at the karaoke bar, uh, first off, it's really weird seeing any of the gang at, at a different bar. Yes. It's just weird. Because, like, later on, we see, like, Marshall at the bar drinking and Ted shows up. It's just, like, it's weird. It's like you're cheating on McLaren's over here, guys. I mean, and that's kind of, I mean, like, but I also forgot that back in the day, there were such things as karaoke bars. That's true. Like, yeah. that's all you would do is go there and drink and karaoke all night. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, I'd love to have checked out a place like that back in the day. That would have been pretty awesome. I mean, we've done lots of karaoke in our time, but not at a specific karaoke bar. I know they're gonna protect. I say they're gonna they're going to uh, they're gonna be like, "Yo, sing us a fucking song, piano man." First off, I have sang a bunch of times on this show. (laughs) Fair enough. Second off, (laughs) second off, don't call me piano man. (laughs) I was gonna say I'll sing piano man. That's one of my favorite songs. (laughs) Surely you must be kidding. I'm not kidding. And don't call me Shirley. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, uh, at, like I said, at the karaoke bar, uh, Lily sees that these guys really just are douchebags. You know, they really are. They just are. Uh, I think this is this the scene where they're doing the Scarlett Johansson one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. With the armless, well, and, and then whoever it is in the in the wheelchair. The, yeah. Well, you know what's really funny is because I know you know his actual name, and I can I always blank on it. The guy who plays Blauman, yeah, uh, I've ta- I've heard ta- him ta- ta- in ta- real life. Really? Yeah. Like yeah, I I, I, know. I know a couple of people who have met cast members from Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. and I heard that when he was on SNL, he was a real dick. Yeah, I mean, who knows what was going on in his life? Though you know, who knows? Um, I mean, like, hopefully he's not the same guy. But yeah, I have no idea. Um, I've seen him on other shows where he doesn't, where he plays a different type of character. So, uh, obviously he's an actor, so he can portray whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I would hope that, you know, it, Kobe has been with him for so long that you would think, I would hope that she wouldn't be with somebody who's a complete asshole, but Hey, True. you never know, you know, because from what I understand, she's the opposite of that. You know is, I mean? bro, I've heard really great things about her. But uh yeah, so maybe he was maybe he was having a bad day. Um maybe maybe he was on something because uh, you know a lot of those people who 
who work in in who have worked in SNL have had issues like that. Yeah. Um. Oh, who was it? I was just watching something. Um. Ah, oh, man, it's gonna bother me now. Uh, I was watching. Uh, I think it was Seth uh, Seth Meyers' uh, late night show, and he had somebody on. It's like one of the SNL guys. It was one of his friends who, uh, and he was talking about how uh, he got like really into cocaine. Oh shit! Yeah, and it got like really bad for him. And it's like, oh shit, this guy like got messed up on stuff like that. And so like, it can happen to anybody, really. So you never know. True. You, you, ne- you never really know uh, what is going on with with, uh, with people Ma. behind the scenes. Yeah, I like that guy. He's funny. He is funny. Uh, so, uh, back into the show, Marshall, uh, kind of goes as far as to just blow Lily off when she, she wants to do a duet with him. Uh, she wants to sing, uh, their song, Don't Go Breaking Don't go My, heart. My Heart. And he, he's like, he does want to. And then, uh, Bilson and Blauman kind of like rag him about it. And they're like, oh yeah, you should do, uh, uh, Iron Man or no Black, Black Sabbath. Yeah, Black Sabbath. And, uh, he's like. Uh, okay, I can do Iron Man. Um, and so it's like, dude, come on. Uh, you can see that Lily not not happy about this uh, at all. Um, then Bilson and Blauman tell Marshall that they're going to tell their boss that when he graduates, they want him with them. And uh, Marshall high fives them, uh, you know, essentially in agreement. And this was like the last straw for, for Lily. She, oh, just, yeah. she, she gets up from the table and, and walks off. And Lily's pissed, you know. Uh, she's pissed about who Marshall has become. She's pissed even more that he seems to be giving up on his dream uh, for the NRDC. Uh, and then they they have this big discussion about how you know he's just trying to uh, you know provide for them, you know, and, he's and trying to, to give her the package. Her the package. And they have this whole conversation that's so double entendre. It's hilarious. Uh, you know, you, your package has always been big enough, Marshall. You may not know this, but you have a huge package. Yeah, and I, I love when they're hilarious. done having this conversation. Yeah, Lily walks away, and Marshall turns around, and the girl at the bars is like, "Yeah, it's, whole, it's what is even funnier is like she's talking to some other dude." Yeah, and he sits down, and she just like completely blows that guy off, which is hilarious yeah. to me. <laughs> And Marshall's just like, no. Get, oh, no. When you got a huge package, man, you roll with it. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> you have a huge package. Uh, so we then head to the news station, a place we don't go to very often. Uh, and we see Robin is there preparing for a broadcast. And then she gets a phone call from Ted. And he is worried about why Victoria hasn't called yet. Um, he says, you know, she should have called like what four hours ago, yeah, or something like that. And and or no, at this, at this point, it was like two. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, uh, oh, yeah, because it's he says four after he gets he gets yeah. back home. Um, which there's a continuity error there a little bit as, as well, which we'll get to. Um, and maybe because we don't technically know what time I was gonna say, we don't actually know what time it is when he leaves, yeah, because well, like I think bars. Even in New York, close at two, and I don't know where he was. 
like in comparison to the apartment. Yeah. So maybe it took him a while to get home. So maybe it is closer to three o'clock. Maybe. Because um, she she's supposed to be calling him at 11. Um, and so if it is closer to 3 a.m., then the four hours thing does work. Uh, but I mean, yeah, who knows? Not not to foreshadow later things anyway. If it's almost three o'clock when his phone rings, he shouldn't have fucking answered his phone anyway. That's true. But his yeah, we'll, fucking, uh, he knows the rule. Yeah. Nothing we'll, uh, good happens after 2 a.m. Yeah, we'll cover that at the end here a little bit. Um, so he, he is just stewing about this whole thing and decides that he's going to head out to the karaoke bar uh, where he, he gets there and he sees Barney singing. He's singing Dirty Deeds, which I thought was great. Uh, and then he spots Marshall at the bar and they talk about Ted's issues that are going on. And this inspires Marshall to make things right with Lily. So he heads up to uh, up to the stage, slips the DJ guy some cash. He uses that trick that, that Barney taught him uh, and, and to uh, play their song. He whispers to Barney because Barney's like, hey, man, you know, yeah. I'm in the middle of a song. And uh, he, he he whispers something to Barney, and Barney's he understands. He nods and you know wa- smiles and, and walks off. And then Marshall, uh, you know, emotions for Lily to join him, and they start singing uh, "Don't Go Breaking My Heart." They do a little. She misses like almost the first, uh, whole first verse. <laughs> yeah, she only gets the last word out. Like she just she takes her sweet ass time walking up to the stage. Pretty much. Uh, so then Ted heads home. Uh, and is disappointed that Victoria still hasn't called. This is where it's been about four hours since uh, she's supposed to have called. Um, and which I th- also I think is interesting because if she's supposed to call at eleven, that means it's like maybe six a.m. or something like that for her. Five a.m. I was going to say I tried to figure out that time difference in my head, but I couldn't. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do a quick Google search cuz she's in Germany. So, yes. you know, Germany uh we'll see what time is it in Germany? What time is it in Germany <laughs> right now? So, there is a 6-hour difference from here from where we are. We are in New York state, which is where Ted is. So, 11 so it would be 5 a.m. And sure, she, you know, uh she, you know, she's at this baking uh, thing and she probably does have to get up early or whatever to start her day. But still, it's just, it seems like six hours isn't that long. Not really. So, like, she could have probably been like, hey, how about this? I'll call you at 3 p.m. your time, which would be like 9 p.m. her time. That seems more doable for both of them. It really does. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. The other thing is, like, was she was she actually thinking eleven o'clock his time? Was she going for eleven o'clock her time, which would have been what, like five o'clock his time in the yeah. morning? I, I, I don't. No, it would have been five p.m. No, like 11 a.m. her time is what I meant. Oh, 11 a.m. her time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That I thought you meant like 11 p.m. her time, which would have been 5 p.m. their time. Because, I mean, I don't want to jump too far into the next episode, obviously, but I don't know how long he's over there. That's a true statement, you too. Know? But, uh, yeah, like I said, so, you know, Ted heads home. He's disappointed. Um, and 
while he's home, Robin calls him yep. and invites him over. Yeah. And and he is he is speechless here. And uh, this episode ang- ends on a cliffhanger and it leads directly into the next episode. So it's like essentially these are like like a two part two part kind of episode here. But uh, yeah, like you like you had foreshadowed the next episode, you know, it's titled nothing good. I think it's I think it's actually titled nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Um, and it, it's it's just you just don't do it. You just don't do it. Well, especially because <laughs> with like okay, without without ruining the next episode, we all know how he feels about Robin. Yeah, we know how he feels about Victoria. With having those feelings for Robin, you don't go over there that fucking late. No, you don't, man. You just and you don't go like this is where I had said earlier. Robin really oversteps herself. Yeah, because she knows that you know Ted is having an issue in his relationship, and she's like. Oh yes, this is my fucking chance to break their asses up. That's exactly what's happening here. Because yeah. why the fuck else is she calling him at like almost three a.m.? Yeah, you, you know what I mean. And it, it's like it's it's bullshit on her part that he's putting him in this position. Like, yes, Ted has things to figure out, but it's, you know, in his mind, he was okay. Like, yeah, he was like the, the long distance is hard. And, and things weren't 100%, but he wasn't over here being like, oh, man, Victoria's gone. I should be with Robin. That what He was not thinking about that at all. No. You know? And she's over here just fucking lobbing grenades into that relationship now. And it's like, wow, you just, you're just going right into it, lady. Yeah, you real just, pain in the ass. You just don't give a shit. Uh, I mean, obviously, we, we thought in the last episode that maybe her and Victoria were finding some sort of, you know, footing with one another. Obviously not. You know what I mean? Now that she is gone this past month, Robin's like, oh, it's fucking on. Well, it's because Robin knows she's not there to, uh, you know, get her stakes into Ted. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. So that is the episode, the, you know, uh, episode 17 from season one, Life Among the Gorillas. John, what are your final thoughts? <coughs> I mean, this is a, I mean, I always say it. It's a decent episode. You know, I'm, season one is, it's probably one of the seasons where you're going to hear me say, eh, about a lot of episodes. Um, but we've also cool. said awesome about a lot of episodes. That is true. I mean, I like this episode for what it is, but I really hate this like the strain on the whole Ted Victoria shit. Yeah, I hate that like this is the point where like Marshall's struggling with who he is. You know, it seems like the only one who's got her shit together at this point in the series is Lily. You know, yeah. she's got like the job she really likes. She's not fucking with people's relationships. She's happy with who she is. You know, like yeah, until the end of the season. It's true. And then that's the whole, that's how they cliffhang the whole Marshall Willie side of shit. Not trying to, yeah. you know, jump too far ahead. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, uh, I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's, it's a, it's an okay episode. It, it's, uh, it's serviceable, does what it's supposed to do. Um, it, it doesn't jump out at me as, as being like one of the greats or anything like that. Um, and I think part of that is because like, I hate what they're doing with, because I love Victoria. Yeah, you know, and I hate what they do. Like they go from oh they have this awesome little relationship to boom she's gone. 
one month later, shit oh, is yeah. not shit is not good. And it's like, well, fuck, man. Yeah, because I mean, they're like, here's this woman that Ted's like changing everything for. Yeah. Ted's gonna fall in love. Ted's gonna fuck up. Yeah, she's gone. It falls apart real fast. Oh yeah, because like she leaves, and then two weeks later they air the next episode, which is this one. But a whole month has passed in the show, yeah, and th- and then things are ready to fall apart there. Yep. And then we get what you know what happens in the next episode, which yeah. we'll talk about. You know, in the infamous the words of the gas station encounters, she gone, she gone. Uh, so uh, now that we are done with the episode, it is time for our segment that we like to call Barney's Blog. Hell to the motherfucking yeah, yeah, suit up, bitches. No. <laughs> uh, so for today's Barney's blog, uh, there's no entry for this episode. There's oh. actually no entry for the this episode and the next two. So we're gonna die. We have a little collection of uh, blog entries that are not connected to any episodes. Um, I've ever you know as I've been going through them each each week. I've been pulling out the ones that aren't connected. So that way, if we come across uh, a week where uh, it doesn't have one, we have something to talk about. Cool. And, and so for the next three episodes, uh, that's what it's going to be. So today we are going to be talking about uh, a blog entry titled A Term is Conceived. Uh, and this was uh, originally dated Tuesday, December 13th of 2005. So it's a little bit of an older uh, one. And this one is, uh, it's all about some different Barney-isms that uh, he's, he's come up with. I, I kind of love some of the, the, the ter- terms that he, he has. Um, and in it, he, uh, he tells like this story using a bunch of these terms. It's, it's kind of long, so I'm not going to go into it. If you want to read the whole thing, just go over to the fandom wiki and look up uh, the Barney's blog title. Like it's uh, a term is conceived. You'll be able to read the entire little, uh, little story that he talks about. Um, but uh, I'm going to go through some of these, these fun terms, uh, which we've heard a couple of them, or at least I feel like at least just probably just the one, I think there's only the one that I even remember him ever saying. Um, and that's cutlet. We've heard that term before in the show. Uh, and it means a juicy, flavorful morsel one can enjoy with a glass of Merlot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, that that's good. Then he's got a few others here. Bon Mots says from the French, literally the awesome words coined by Barney. Uh, in the in the little story, um, he says, uh, as I recommend, or he says, uh, for those of you who, as I recommend, are keeping current with my Bon Mots by making flashcards. Uh, at home, uh, you can uh, keep these uh, glossary terms. Uh, so you know it's these little these little awesome words that he coins. Apparently, he calls them bon mots. Interesting. Uh, he's got a phrase called "it's a dot the i," and it's to close the deal with a cutlet that you've been working. Huh. I'm like, okay, makes sense. Then, dot the i's, cross the t's. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious what cross the T's would be. That's not on here, but I'm curious if that, if that's a thing, uh, he's got a donut says a last resort hookup appropriate for a quick jaunt 
but you really don't want to ride around on for too long, really just for emergencies. You know, like a donut tire, just for yep. emergencies. It's funny because you said that. And I was like, I wonder if it's like a tire reference. Yeah. Uh, sudden, <clears throat> sudden death is the moment at the end of the night when the bartender flips on the lights, thereby forcing you to face the true charms or lack thereof of whatever donut you've grabbed <laughs> at the ass end of the evening. Deadly to the mojo. Fuck, I've been there. Uh, so then he's got a CSI, which stands for Crazy Scary Investigation. He says, it's important to weed out the crazies and scaries before you investigate them further. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Gutierrez says, an, inf- an, an unfortunate trait or habit that will bother you beyond endurance, uh, rendering further contact with said cutlet impossible and turning up in your nightmares for weeks to follow. If said trait manifests itself within the first five minutes uh, of an encounter, one can, of course, invoke the Lemon Law. I love that the Lemon Law comes back in the blog, though, right here, which I thought was cool. Uh, then he's got pull and, sh- pull and shoot to abort a romantic uh, initiation, which is the opposite of dotting the eye. Huh. So, so it's like pulling his pull in the parachute. Just pull, pull and shoot is what he calls it. Uh, we've got Whitney Ladder, a crude escape ladder fashioned out of clothing or bedding from Whitney's wretched second floor apartment, or more broadly, the apartment of any girl once it becomes clear that a horrible mistake has been made. So, you know, you make like a rope ladder out of her sheets. Yep. Yeah, that works. <laughs> and then the last one here, Jenny Eggleseed, a dastardly but strategically admirable plot in which the DNA of a genetically exemplary gentleman is captured through a late-night bait-and-switch plot involving one or more attractive friends in order to pass said DNA along to future generations. It's like, okay. Uh, so they're stealing his sperm, in other words. That's what it sounds like here. <laughs> so, yeah, those are those are the terms for, for this, this week here. Uh, some interesting ones. Um, very interesting yeah uh, it's it's funny to me because uh you know he's got all these random terminologies and things like that and it it's it's really just to me building up toward him having things like the bro code book and the playbook and things like how he has all these specific things written down that really only he understands you know what i mean um, and he puts them out into the world, hoping that other people will start to use them, like how he did with the Lemon Law whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's very on brand for Barney. So I think it's I thought that was pretty interesting. So yeah, so that is this week's edition of Barney's blog. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this week's episode, uh, Life Among the Gorillas. That's right. Next week we'll be talking about. Uh, uh, Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Uh, the follow-up to this one, uh, the essentially the part two to this one. Yeah, essentially. Uh, and I hope that you guys uh, are going to uh, come back and listen to us Please come back about the show. John, let everybody know where they can find you on the web. Well, I mean, if you really want to find me, hop on onto that little bluebird that they call Tweeter. 
And you can find me right down here at Simply Sane J1. It's the uh, link also to my podcast called Simply Sane with J, the Not Your Mama's podcast. And now, don't forget to check out Simply Sane with J, the blog. Yes, that's, that's right. I took a page from Barney Stinson and created my own blog. <laughs> it's not too bad. It's getting better. <laughs> um, you can also find me as a co-host of the awesome wrestling podcast called Off the Ropes with John and Josh, where I also co-host with this gorgeous motherfucker to my left. Yeah, buddy. That's right. Josh, uh, what about you? You can Wait, find me. Don't tell oh. me. Hmm. They can find you on Twitter at JP Rayner. That's R-A-Y-N-O-R. You forgot the JP, sir. I that's... said it. No, I said it that time. No, but you said that's R-A-Y. It's that's J-P-R-A-Y. No, I said N-O-R. that's J-P. Nope. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> you started it off good. You did say Son JP Rayner. But then you you left off the JP in the actual address. That's J-P-R-A-Y-N-O-R. You can also find me right down here at Movie Blog Merc. That is the uh, Twitter page for my site, Merc with Movie Blog. Uh, I, too, have a blog, obviously. (laughs) Um, His blog uh, is way better because he does movie reviews. He does shit with comics. I mean, pretty much, if you need to know anything DC, Marvel, or movie-related, he's the fucking guy to go to because if he doesn't know... Nobody fucking knows. Fair enough. Uh, He's and, got uh, his finger on the pulse. Right here. And I, no, pulse. no, not right here. <laughs> right You're here? Far from that right here? Pulse, Jim, <laughs> straight up your ass. <laughs> That's the only place to take your pulse. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you are watching this on uh, YouTube, that means you are on the Merc with a Movie Blog YouTube channel. Uh, I'm going to be adding some new shows onto the feed uh coming up soon so keep your eyes out for that uh if you are listening that means you're listening on the last call at mclaren's podcast feed uh be sure to check us out on twitter at last call h-i-m-y-m if you're watching it's right down at the bottom there at last call h-i-m-y-m please follow us there on twitter uh i try to i try to stay pretty active over there um, and if you're watching on the YouTube, please be sure if you like what you see, hit that like button, smash that yeah, damn subscribe, subscribe button. button. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good time. However, before we go, I do have one final thing that I want yes. to, uh, uh, share with the world. Uh, and this, this is amazing audience. people like this, this put us both on cloud nine. That is uh, accurate. Uh, so let me pull it up. We did finally get our very first voice message, which is pretty damn awesome. Yeah, I mean, we've been running two different awesome. podcasts now for the better part of like three years, and this is the first time we've gotten a voice message. That is correct. That is correct. So, uh, all right. So this voice message is from uh, a listener – uh, Amy VT. So uh, here, here we go. Check this out. Hey guys, Amy here. Longtime Yum Yum fan. I just started rewatching for the millionth time, and I'm actually in sync with you guys as I just found your podcast for season one. 
I just wanted to tell you about a funny little typo error that I found in season one, episode 12, The Wedding. I zoomed in on the wedding invitation, paused the screen, and noticed that it said the wedding was on February 10th, 2005. And in the previous episode, we had seen that it transitioned to 2006. Also, it said that it started at 3 p.m. on a Friday, which is interesting. And Ted says to Robin, I'll pick you up at five. So I guess he wasn't even planning on going to the ceremony, just interested in the reception. Thought that was a fun little typo and Easter egg for you guys. Keep the great content rolling. Excited to hear more episodes. So, yeah, uh, that was that was pretty awesome. Um, I did not catch that uh, that typo error uh, in the... In, in the uh, I did. Which I think is funny because, yeah... <laughs> That the the year it's a whole year off. Yeah, you know, and uh, Ted showing up two hours late and missing the ceremony. I could see that. I, I, I could mean, that. he probably wanted to do the because he's made comments before about doing the fashionably late thing. Yeah, I, I it, it would not surprise me if that was his plan the whole time. Probably. <laughs> All he but wanted I mean, to do was be to show off Robin at the reception. He didn't care. Probably. About yeah, I mean, but a big thank you to Amy for leaving us a voice message. Always yes. great hearing from our fans. Absolutely. And if you guys want to leave a voice message like Amy, just head on over to anchor.fm slash last call H-I-M-Y-M. That's anchor.fm slash last call H-I-M-Y-M. And you can leave us a voice message right there. Uh, just like Amy, we'll play it on. We'll play it on air. It would be awesome. Damn straight, um, you mother lovers, get on page with the game. Yeah. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure if you like what you're hearing, leave us a five star review. That helps us out a lot, boosts us up in the ratings. And uh, if you type out a review um, for that five star, uh, we will read it on air. We've done that a few times. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, I'm yeah. If you if you do that, you'll get one right <coughs> out right here. I mean, we appreciate all the reviews anyway. Not only does it boost us, but it makes us feel good that you guys are actually acknowledging what we're doing and that we're not just boring you. That's true. Yeah, that I'll be honest. That was always something that uh, I worried about. It's like, will will people actually even give a shit? (laughs) Will we be will we be entertaining enough? People give a shit about this podcast and off the ropes. Yeah, you know it's true, but we do we do post more. We do post. You post more. Well, no, I, I mean, get more in tune with the. I'm talking about we post more podcasts for Last Call yes. than we do for Off the Ropes, so uh, it's it's more it's more about the steadiness, I think. Um, but also uh, later this week, guys, there is going to be a treat for all of you. Uh, I'm going to be posting a uh, interview that I did with uh, Charlene Amoya, aka Wendy the Waitress. So yeah, keep yeah. your eye out for that. I hope that uh, you're looking forward to it, and because uh, I know, I know, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, hearing everybody's opinions on it and thoughts. So uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, again, follow us on Twitter at Last Call H I M Y M. And that, sir, is all I have for them. What do you got for them? You don't have to go home, but you can't listen here. That's right. Catch you next time.